and um, he he serves in the military currently. And so the sunshine boxes that the kids made this week, they're, they're care packages. You may have seen them as you were walking in past the City Soleil blankets and some of the examples of the service projects. But they're boxes filled with, with yellow objects, orange objects, things that represent sunshine. The idea is that as we send those out, these uh, service men and women will receive a package, which they don't always get, you know, as they're serving our country. And they'll get something that will encourage them, whether it's uh, candy, notes of encouragement, different things like that. And they're, they're in the shades of yellow and orange, things that are bright and sunshiny, hence the name, the Sunshine Box. And so the kids were able to pack that and in that way be the hands and feet of Jesus to people who serve us in our country, which are really cool. And we're going to talk through some of those other service projects in a little while. But I want to I wanna go back to last year. Uh, at the end of Spy Kids 2014, Imagine, where we had... The stage, if you were here for it, it looked like this crumbled down city. I always have people who at the end of Spy Kids ask, what's, what's next? We want to know what you're doing next. And I'm always like, have you heard of the day of rest? <laughs> I need at least one of those before we come up with something else. But I do remember uh, thinking about what 2015 was going to look like. And I had some funny ideas about an old Western and weird things. And the more I talked about it and bounced ideas off of people, the more I thought that's not going to work. It's just not going to happen. And that's okay. Sometimes ideas, they don't work. But then I remember in November, Pastor Earl was giving a message through the Bible in 90 Day series. And as he was talking, it made me think of a lantern. And so I drew this little lantern in my notebook. I was sitting in the back over there, and I remember writing the light of Christ next to the lantern. I couldn't help but think about an experience I had when I was around 13 years old. Uh, I was with my youth group led by Josh Amstutz as I went to CYC youth group out uh, in Joliet. And he teamed up with this crazy guy named Errol McFadden and his uh, youth group at 360 here at Medical Bible Church. And that's one of my first experiences with Errol as a 13-year-old. And I remember the night before we were supposed to go caving, we were staying at a church. And at this church, we were playing a game uh, called Communist Church with like all the lights off. It was like tag. You had to find flashlights and or you were put in jail and all this stuff. And I remember Josh Amstutz going and diving over a balcony to get away from someone tagging him. And he landed right on his heel, shattering it completely. He's fine. He's cool. Don't worry about it. it, was, it how old am I? It was like 14 years ago, okay? So he's good now. And, uh, but I remember the next day just being like, are we still going to go caving? What's going to happen? Is he all right? And Josh, through a haze of, of, of all the pain meds and everything like that, is like, Errol, you've got to lead. Go in there. This is a guy at that time I didn't really know, and I'm like, uh, we just got to follow this dude? Oh, okay. I'm a big guy. Am I going to get back out? Like, I got to know. <laughs> and we're, we're like crawling and squeezing through these tiny spaces, and I'm like, nope, this is it, 13. That's as far as I go. <laughs> I'm never going to see the light of day again. And we're crawling and squeezing, and, and, and I can feel and hear the sound of, like, the cave and these small spaces rubbing on the top of my, my hard hat. And it's just like, oh, all this claustrophobia that I didn't think I had starts to set in. But then we make it through these tiny spaces into this place called the Great Room. And in this Great Room, there's all the tunnels that go back out towards the entrances and other parts of the cave. But it was big enough for the whole group, about 30 or 40 of us, to sit in. And as we're sitting in there, Errol tells everybody to turn off the lights, turn off your headlamp, turn off your flashlight. And so we do. And when we do, that darkness begins to close in because there's absolutely no light in that room. I mean, you can't even see the hand in front of your face. 
It is so dark, and that darkness was all-consuming. It was eerie. It was terrifying. And then Errol lit a match. And your eyes began to focus because all of a sudden what everybody wants is the light and the warmth coming from that match because there's something beautiful about it. And as we turned on our headlamps and our flashlights, the darkness began to disappear and light flooded and illuminated that space. And it was amazing how that even in complete and utter darkness there was something stronger than that, something brighter, something greater, and it was the light. And so as I sat in the back listening to the message last November, I thought of that moment. I thought about how that's kind of like our hearts. Our hearts are kind of like a cave. And without the light of Christ in our lives, there's darkness. There's crevices and cracks and things that we want to hold on to. Sin, fear, doubt, hopelessness, attitudes that we hold on to in our hearts. And without the light of Christ to show us and show us the way out, and to show us what we need to give over to him, we have no hope without Christ. And so that idea began to spawn into what you see here as I bounced it off of a thousand different people coming up with, with characters and ideas and all sorts of things. And we began to see this idea of crux grotto, which you saw in the video means heart cave, the heart of the matter in a small cave all put together into this one idea. But it wasn't just me. I couldn't do this by myself. I'm nowhere near have the time management skills nor the creativity pull this off all on my own. And so there's a lot of things that went into this week, and I want to show you some stuff, uh, and I hope you'll entertain this. But uh, first with the setup, two weeks ago, we had a group of high schoolers and adults just pour time, energy, and effort into making all of this. Everything you see here in this room, in the red room, downstairs in the spy visits, come to life. Props, set design, everything. We had Silas Slavic help us out with the intro video, which you guys just saw, uh, that Errol and myself and Silas and some other people put together. We had master builder Dave Prime put together uh, this amazing engineered framing behind the cave that you see here, this giant heart in the middle, along with the spy visit stuff downstairs that you're going to see. Huge work, a lot of work. He also built for us our second through fifth grade craft, our art village craft, which I'll show you guys in a minute. And so we put a lot of time and effort into that, making this come to life. We had a group of high schoolers, uh, again, like I said, here all week, putting paper mache boulders together, creating the rooms downstairs, making the sets feel alive so when the kids visited them, it felt like they were entering a place that wasn't church. Because the idea is that you could come into church any day of the week and you could be in a classroom, you could be in a worship center, you could be in a kid's room, and that's all fine and well and it can be exciting enough, but when you change the atmosphere, when you change what it feels like, what it looks like, all of a sudden... You have something that is exciting, something that is memorable, something that will leave a lasting impression in the life of a child. We had adult leaders like uh, uh, Melissa Surges and Jen Nelson put together these spray-painted and foamed uh, stalactites and stalagmites, which are hanging around the room and in the back here and all over the red room and downstairs. Took time and effort to make it come to life, but it looks fantastic. Give those guys a round of applause. But once you have a set, once you have props and you have all that, you got to have characters, you got to have actors, you got to have people who then can bring the stories you want to tell to life. And so in the whole process of coming up with this theme, I, I had to look at myself. And the greatest uh, stories of, re of relationability, if that's a word even, of relatability, uh, they come from like looking at yourself. And so 
when I saw this heart cave and I thought about the lantern and the light of Christ, I thought of characters that I could relate to, and some of which changed and altered based on talking to other people. But these are some of our characters. We had Esther. Um, This is the drawing that we use for our passports. It was played by Aaron Bowman. And downstairs in a room, we had uh, just this balcony scene that she got to stand on and talk to the kids about. And Esther was a character who was in a hopeless situation. She had been in exile. Her people had been in exile for many years, and her, her parents died in exile, and she was born in exile, raised by her uncle Mordecai. And after a certain amount of time, the king got upset with one of his wives that he had in that area in Persia. And so he, he threw this big parade, this big party to find a new queen. And he stumbled across, across Esther and made her queen. And Esther thought, what is the point of all this? Like, I don't, I don't know why I'm here. Why, did, why was I chosen? This seems totally just pointless. And it was Mordecai who said, maybe you've been put here for such a time as this. And we know in the story of Esther that Haman one of the king's advisors wanted to eradicate the Jewish people, just get rid of them completely, wipe them out. And when Mordecai and Esther heard about this plot, she went before the king at the cost of her own life twice and then made a plea to have this stopped. And it was through Esther, God used Esther to save his people. And so the kids got to learn that even in a hopeless situation, even when things seem the darkest, that if they put their trust in God, if they can give God their hopelessness and trust in his purpose and his plan, that he will see them through. We had Moses as a character. And Moses was played by Pastor Carlos. You may have seen him, he had his beard grown out for this and he threw a wig on for the hair. And uh, his scene was all set in front of this mountain and kind of in the wilderness. And Moses, if I'm honest with myself, is the character I relate to the most because I'm a guy who has dealt with fear, anxiety, and if you're anything like me, you can find an excuse to not do anything. And that's kind of how I've, I've, I've been for a lot of my life. And Moses was the guy who made excuses. And I thought about the time where he's on the mountain when he first meets God. And God's like, I want you to go to Egypt, and I want you to set my people free, and I want you to do this in my name, and you're going to do it with my power, and this is all about me getting my people free. And Moses is like, nope, not going to do it. Don't even ask me again. No, seriously, find somebody else. And Listen, I'm not lying this time. Please get somebody else. And he makes these excuses. And God says, no, Moses, you don't get it. This isn't about you. It's about me and what I'm going to do through you. And even then, Moses, when he finally says, okay, I'll go, he says, can, can I bring my brother with, though? And so God sends Aaron with Moses to get the job done. And Moses made excuse after excuse, and he failed so many times in his life that he wasn't allowed to see the promised land. He wasn't allowed to enter it. And so as he's getting ready at the end of his life to pass the torch to Joshua, the next leader of Israel, God tells Moses to tell Joshua one very important thing. And it's be brave, be courageous, do not be afraid, for I, the Lord your God, am with you. And the message that God was trying to teach Moses his whole life is the very same thing he wants to tell Joshua. Be brave, be courageous, because I'm the Lord your God and I will be with you. And so the kids got to learn about this idea of how if we give our fears to God, if we give God our fear and trust in his leadership and his courage, he will see us through. That it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what our fears, anxieties, or excuses we can make. God is so much bigger than all of those. 
Our third character was Paul. And Paul is a guy who had a lot of problems. He thought he was better than everybody else. He was a big guy, at least in our character standpoint. (laughs) We had Doug Shelton play Paul. And Doug is a big, loud guy, and he was perfect for this role because Saul, as he was known before his conversion, was a guy who was high and mighty. He was a smart rabbi, thought he was better than everybody else, knew the whole Old Testament front and back, and he would rub it in people's faces. And when he heard about the, this new movement known as the way from the followers of this Messiah, this Jesus, he was ticked. And so he, he threw the followers in jail. He put them to death. He did everything he could to persecute them because he thought he was better than everybody else. He had this really bad attitude and he was out for himself. And so what the kids got to see is post-conversion Paul towards the end of his life as he's sitting in prison talking about how, yeah, I had a bad attitude. I thought I was better than everybody else. But on the road to Damascus when Jesus called me out and said, listen, you're persecuting me, Saul. What are you doing this for? And I realized I had to give my life to God. And we know that Paul became one of the greatest missionaries the world has ever seen. He wrote most of the New Testament. And so the kids could, could hear the stories that even in jail, even in his imprisonment, he was set free because if he were to die for Christ, that would be so much more gainful to him than it would be to live the way he was before. That even in chains, he was set free in the power of Christ. And so if we give God our bad attitudes and trust in his purpose and his plan, God can see us through, even when it feels like we're chained by things. And our last character was Peter. And Peter was played by Brandon Grimm. And Brandon did a great job of tying in several scenes in the story of Peter's life in the Gospels where you have Peter doubting Christ several times or doubting the truth of what he says. Now we know the story of Peter where he denied Christ right before uh, the crucifixion. But there was also a time where Peter was called out on the water with Jesus. And as he steps out in passion and excitement, and he takes a few steps, he realizes this is impossible. And he begins to sink. And it's Jesus who reaches out and pulls him out of the water. And then when, when Jesus took some of his disciples aside, he said, you know, the world thinks that I'm like this, but who do you say I am? Peter goes, well, you're the Messiah, the one true king, son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, Peter, you know this because the Spirit has revealed it to you, not because of flesh and blood. And then just a few sentences later, Peter shoves his foot in his mouth and says something totally ridiculous about the power of Christ and what he could do, but that's not what he came to do. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Even in the truth of what Jesus was speaking to him, Peter doubted and he messed up. And so the story the kids got to see through Peter is that even in doubt, even in making mistakes, even in, in, in not understanding what Jesus wants from us, that there is still hope and there is still truth to be found. And so there, the beach scene, after Jesus returns uh, from the grave, as he comes back to life at the resurrection, he meets Peter and his disciples, and the disciples, and he, he calls them ashore looking for food, and Peter realizes it's Jesus. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And he goes, yes, Lord, of course you know I do. And take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, of course you know that I do. And take care of my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, of course you know that I do. Then take care of my sheep. You see, 
Peter's doubt, his denial, as bad as it was, Christ overcame it. And he was able to use Peter in a big way as the start of the church, as someone who would lead his sheep and the flock. And so the kids could hear that even when we doubt, even when we don't understand everything, even when we can't grasp what what Jesus is saying to us or what we read in Scripture, even when we don't understand it, that if we trust in Him, that He is the way, the truth, and the life, that He will see us through. And that's the message, that's the, the characters that brought the stories to life this whole week. And that leads us into Art Village. We had a huge team of people with Natalie Farmer and Amy Domingo and their, their teams that worked on the Art Village projects for the second through fifth graders and the K through first. And what they did is they created this, this project with the help of Dave Prime to build something that would rem- remind the kids to help them remember these stories. And so every day they, they painted, decorated these, these panels, either on vellum paper, paper or on plexiglass. And there's the, the scene of Peter, where Jesus is reaching out to Peter as he falls in the water, remembering to give God our doubt. There's the scene for Esther of this teardrop of hopelessness surrounded by a radiating sun, that even in a hopeless situation, God is in control. There's the panel of the sword for Moses as he tells Joshua to go into the land of Canaan and be courageous as he goes and he fights against the Canaanites. And then the panel for, for Paul that even in our chains for Christ we are set free knowing that we are with him. So the kids every day, they would decorate a different panel. And at the end of the week, for the second through fifth graders, they walked away with this lantern. With all the panels decorated, and for the kindergarten through first graders, they had one made with uh, uh, matte, matte backing, so that way it wasn't as hard or difficult or would drop on them since they're smaller. And it, it was a beautiful sight, though, because we had these, these lanterns, and, and Friday at Ground Zero Two, we, had, we sang Awesome God. We always end and close with Awesome God at Spy Kids. And so all the kids, right before Awesome God, they pulled out their wooden lanterns in this room. And as they sang Awesome God, we dimmed the lights, and they lit up their lanterns, and this is what it looked like as you had hundreds of tiny little hands holding up these beautiful lanterns in the dark room, lighting up the space, lifting their voices, seeing God is awesome. It was so beautiful and so wonderful to hear them get the message that Jesus is the light of life. And our overarching theme and presentation for the kids comes to the gospel. That, that this is all cool. This is all fine and well, and this is amazing stuff, yes. But at the end of the day, it's our mission and our job and our message to preach the gospel to these kids. And so the kids, every day, they'd get a, they'd get a necklace, they'd get beads, and, and they'd get all these different things to represent the things that they did through the day. But at the end of the week, on Friday, their, their gospel necklace became a presentation of what Christ could do in their lives. And the verse that we used for this was 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new is here. These necklaces, which we'll, I'll show you in a minute, these necklaces were repurposed aluminum cans. 
that were made into these cross necklaces for the kids. They were made in Haiti and they were like pop cans and tuna fish cans and all these old cans that were repurposed, melted down and made into coin necklaces that had a cross on them. And they looked fantastic. And so the whole idea in that letting in the light of Christ is that we can be made new, we can be repurposed. And so this verse was the gospel presentation this week as the leaders, the high school leaders, presented the gospel to the kids. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the fear is gone, the doubt is gone, the attitudes are gone. And the new is here. We are made new in Christ. And that was the message they got to hear. On top of that, we had a verse that they had to memorize this week. And the verse was this, Psalm 139, 23 through 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You see, they, they had a verse that they had to memorize that related to our theme as well. And every time they memorized it, they would get a bead. They would get a bead for that. And Pastor Jason Ninja was over in the red room with kindergarten through first grade. And he kind of wrote a little ditty for the song or for the verse to lead them and help them memorize the song. And uh, he's going to play it for us right now. Yeah, I had a great time in the Red Room this year, hanging out with the kindergarten and first graders. I don't hang out with a lot of kindergarten and first graders. It's mostly teenagers usually, but uh, we had an incredible, incredible time. I'd love to invite any, are there any kindergarten and first graders down here tonight? If any of you would love to come and help me sing the verse song, that would be great. Just come on up, come on up. Just kindergarten and first graders. Just kindergarten and first graders. Come on up, come on up on the stage. Don't be bashful. My daughter's actually really bashful about this kind of stuff, but these guys are all super brave. Come on up, guys. Come on up. Yeah. So to them, I'm, I've been known as Ninja all week. And um, yeah, there's plenty of space here. Nice to line up. How are you guys doing? Right over That's here. Good. Great. And I tell you what, um, when we were... Um, we're singing and, and dancing in the, in the red room, and we're singing that song. It was midweek. We were singing that song, Build Your Kingdom Here. And to look out into the crowd and see all these kindergarten first graders shouting out, you know, we are the church. We are the hope on earth. I just, like, I had this moment where, like, man, we're, we, we have this opportunity to equip the next generation for Jesus and for his kingdom. And that's powerful. I mean, these are the guys here and, and gals who are going to be um, who are going to be leading uh, this next uh, generation and, and going forth with the gospel and for God's kingdom to impact the world. These are our future Spy Kids leaders. These are our future community leaders. These are our future church leaders, and and instill in them a love for God and a passion for Him is, is has been incredible. It's been an incredible blessing on to me this week. So. We learned this song, and so we're going to sing it. You guys remember the song? First song that we did? All right. Let's sing it together. Search me, God. Everlasting. 
three seats. Great job, guys. Nice job, guys. It was really like two camps in one, having kindergarten and first grade over in the red room and second through fifth in here. And uh, Pastor Jason and the team over there did a fantastic job of just leading the younger kids over there. My daughter was over there, and uh, she had a blast singing all sorts of songs that I didn't even hear about until later in the night when she's like singing these songs, like going to bed. and Just so much fun. So thank you guys so much. Um, because they would get a necklace, the same necklace I was telling you about that um, the gospel presentation was made on. See, this necklace that they got, they would put the beads on and they would have their name written on one side, but then at the end of the week they were flipped over and that's where you saw the cross pendant. And those necklaces are special. Those medallions that they got were special because they weren't just bought at a store. They weren't just, you know, found online on Amazon or anything like that. But we actually sought out in purpose in everything that we did this year to do our best to serve other people, to serve our community, to serve this country, and to serve people around the world. And so this church has a great relationship with Haiti. We've had missions every year go there, serve there. And even our service project to make blankets for kids in City Soleil was a huge undertaking. But we heard about a family who was in need and we wanted to do something different with our gospel presentation. And so we decided that we would, uh, we would purchase these cross pendants from this family in Haiti. And I want to show you a picture and read you just a little story. This was uh, an email from the, the company who helped us out um, to Julie McFadden. Hey Julie, we are so happy to be a part of this. This is a great order for the family that makes these pieces. I was talking with Emanuela yesterday and we talked about how faithful God is to her and to her kids. He sees her. You see in this picture here, this is her young husband and he recently died in his sleep and left her with five kids in this aluminum business. She'd been working alongside of him for the past few years along with his brother and a couple of other young people he had trained. We really prayed that she would be able to continue with this business because it has so much potential for them to provide for their family. This order is a great encouragement. The gospel necklace is gospel. It's good news all the way down to the makers of it. It's been a laborious process, but the scrap aluminum is bought, gathered, sorted from the surrounding dump or from the guys that go around collecting scrap aluminum through the city. So there's already many jobs. Then the metal is mel melted down to liquid in a steel drum. Meanwhile, the molds that you see here in this picture are prepared in the sand that is brought in for this purpose. I don't know the name for the sand, but it has good cling qualities and it's dry and holds a shape. The round mold is pressed into the sand boxes and over and over in line so that we can make many of them at once. Then the sand is all packed very tight, usually by someone with just the right size feet walking on it. Then the melted aluminum is pulled from the steel drum with a pot on a long handle and then poured very carefully into the sandbox where it goes into molds. After a little time, the aluminum is cooled and hardened enough to open the box. Then the pieces are broken apart and the cleaning process begins. Steel brushes, fine steel wool are used to clean each piece. Then holes are drilled in and the cross will be stamped on. All this is done by hand, all without any machines or electricity. It's a pretty amazing process. See this one family and a couple of people that they know helped them made every single necklace that the kids got this week. And what it ended up looking like at the end was this. This repurposed aluminum. The idea that this was a can, that this was just scrap found, made into jewelry, made into something beautiful, is amazing. Because that same message 
the second Corinthians 5.17 says that the old is gone and the new has come is exactly what the kids got to hear and see as they saw this. That in the mission, in the message of who we are as followers of Christ, we could be made new in him. We could be made new in him. We can be repurposed for his glory. And so the kids got to have one of these. Not only that, but this year we also every day raised money for City Soleil, for the kids there. And uh, we had a goal. We thought, man, if we could get all 500 kids to bring in a dollar sometime during the week and we could raise $500 for the kids in City Soleil, that it would feed them uh, for five weeks. For every $100, it, it feeds the kids there for a week. And so we thought, what if we could feed them for five weeks? That would be amazing. So we set out this goal, had some containers around the church. We talked about it every day, and the kids blew us away. Do you guys want to know how much they raised this past week? They raised almost $1,400 to feed the kids in City Soleil. I mean, that is huge. They almost tripled it completely. And so we are going to be able to help feed kids in City Soleil, Haiti, for uh, three months, which is fantastic. It's huge for them and uh, something that we are so glad that the kids here at Spy Kids were able to be a part of. None of this would be possible, though, without our amazing staff. We have a staff of people who have given up work weeks, who've given up time, resources, their lives for the last couple weeks to make this possible and happen. Um, and I just want to show you guys a couple of pictures. First, the junior hires. We had an awesome junior high team led by Kerry Bartz and put together along with Pastor Jason uh, to get all those people organized. A huge amount of adult leaders taking care of all these kids. We had, we had like almost 100 junior hires, which is insane. And they cleaned up the, 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 the church, going through the bathrooms and all the places that we like to make messes in while we're doing Spy Kids, making sure that everything was pulled off without a hitch and taking care of business that way, which was awesome. Give them another round of applause. We also had our high school 360 staff. Almost 100 of those high schoolers stayed here every night from Sunday through Thursday. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We can give it up for them. If you noticed the faint smell when you walked in, I'm not saying it's from them, but you know. Uh, they were here for a whole week, so they did an amazing job this past week, and they do an amazing job every year where they give up so many liberties that they could have by being here. I mean, they didn't have their cell phones for a whole week. It's pretty huge. Yeah, I know. Give it up for them for that because that's, that's life-changing. So, uh, but we also had a bunch of adults too who gave up their week and, and give it, gave up work to be here to volunteer and to be a part of everything that we do. And none of this would happen without an amazing team. But I don't want to be able to just tell you that. I'd like one of our very own high schoolers to come up here and tell you a little bit about what God did this week. So give it up for... Miss Allie Gagnon. Yes, you can. Okay, hello, church. As Pastor Nick or Osito said, my name is Allie Gagnon, or some of my girls know me as Minnow. And this year was my very last year being a Spy Kids tribe leader because I just recently graduated from high school. But every year, Spy Kids is definitely one of the best experiences of my summer because I just remember when I was a camper once and I just remember that huge impact that my tribal leaders had on me. 
And now that I get to be a tribal leader, it's just such an honor. Even though being a tribal leader is both physically and emotionally draining, I just find it amazing that God uses this very draining week to fill me up spiritually. He uses this week to remind me that I am a servant of Him, and He sets my heart on fire for missions. Because I definitely view Spy Kids as a mission field, a mission for expanding His kingdom and spreading His word to hundreds of kids. And on Friday, I got the chance to share the gospel with my tribe with the help of these necklaces. And as you know, these are from Haiti, and they were constructed out of pieces of garbage and made into something beautiful. And I just explained to my girls that Jesus can do the same thing for us. He can take all our sin and all our garbage and make us into something beautiful if we let him. Because he died on the cross for us and he loves us. And I'm so happy to say that I had three girls in my tribe accept Christ for the very first time. In so God just uses this week for some amazing, amazing things. And this week, I get to become a kid again. I dance crazy, I play along with the kids' imaginations, and I even wear a spy name on my back that I pretend is my real name all week. <laughs> and humbling myself to this level actually brings me closer to God. And Jesus talks about this in Matthew 18.3. He says, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And Spy Kids 2015 just totally changed my perspective of this verse for me because... During the very last Ground Zero, I saw all the kids raise their lanterns up in the air and sing out Awesome God at the top of their lungs. And I watched many of them close their eyes and just worship God with their whole hearts. And I joined along with them, and in that moment, I truly got a glimpse of heaven. Just hundreds of hands holding up their lights and praising God with all they got. And I realized in that moment that I needed to be more like these little children, holding up my light and praising Jesus with my life. And when we do this, we get to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's what Spy Kids 2015 showed me. So thank you. Thank you, Alex. It truly was an amazing week and one, again, that couldn't happen without so many people involved. And so I, I just got to tell you about all the different teams and, and people that we had here. Uh, again, it was like two Spy Kids run simultaneously, and so we had teams of people everywhere. We had a security team that was led by Ryan Dobzik, who put everything together to make sure that we were safe on campus and off campus. We had a check-in team led by Brenda Seibert, who put everything together, making sure things were going in and out smoothly, and your kids were getting checked in and checked out properly and safely as possible. Logistics team uh, with so many people involved that are so much smarter than I am and more organized than I am that made all of this happen schedule-wise. Uh, Sherpas, adult, adult Sherpas who took care of discipline and helping with issues for the tribes through the week. We have the Art Village teams for second through fifth grade and K through first led by Amy Domingo and Natalie Farmer who put so much effort and work into that. We had food teams who made and prepared food for all of the high schoolers and some of the staff through this whole week for every meal. It was insane and delicious. Uh, we had our service projects team. We had the Spy Kids Band, the Dream Team, the events coordinator, Jen Danielson, who made phone call after phone call after phone call to make sure things were at an awesome price and fantastic for the kids. Uh, we had our characters, our set design teams, our creative teams, our medical staff. We had so many people involved in this. And if I'm forgetting anybody, I'm so sorry. But you guys, you guys made it all possible. You as parents, you as members of this church, you as as followers of Christ, because when you give, when you serve, when you love, and when you care for the people in this church and for the next generation of believers, stuff like this gets to happen. So give it up for everybody involved in Spy Kids 2015.
And we just want to say thank you. Because without you, none of this would be possible. At the end of every Ground Zero 2, we would close our time together uh, singing Awesome God, as you heard. And again, watching all those kids with their lanterns raised was truly amazing. But we're going to close our time together singing that song. So would you stand with us as we sing Awesome God?